As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Breaking into a Premier League first team is harder than ever. Every year, thousands of young players enter the youth academies. Every year, maybe a dozen will make their debut for a Premier League club. Only the very best of the best prevail. I'm Faker Others. Welcome to The Next Big Thing. The appointment of Jose Mourinho in November 2019 suggested a lot of things for Tottenham Hotspur. We cannot win the Premier League this season. We can. I'm not saying we will do. We can win next season. It said things were about to get a little more combative at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It said the style of play might become a little more pragmatic than Spurs fans had been used to. And it also said that young, homegrown talent might have to wait a little while to get a chance in the Spurs' first team. Mourinho has long had a reputation as a man who prefers older, established talent, rather than taking a risk on youngsters, despite his protestations. You know how many young players I promote to the first team from academies? 49. Mourinho has surprised us in his time at Spurs in a few ways, but is the biggest surprise to come. Will the biggest surprise actually be that he's better for the club's young players than Mauricio Pochettino ever was? Young players like Dennis Serkin. Dennis Serkin, uh, he's 18. Uh, he's a left-back uh, for Tottenham who's come through the academy. Charlie Eccleshare. Tottenham correspondent for The Athletic. Uh, and is now training with the first team and has been on the bench a few times. Uh, his parents are Latvian. Uh, they moved to Ireland, which is where he was born, uh, Dennis Serkin, and then he moved over uh, to London when he was about three. Dennis, he's a left-back by trade. John Wenham from the Lily White Rose blog and podcast. His skills and characteristics would be that he's got sort of a great engine on him, brilliant technical ability, uh, really good range of crosses and, and passing. And he's also quite tigerish. He's never afraid to sort of pull out of uh, 50-50s. And he plays with sort of a positive forward attitude. Um, and I'm often asked what sort of player, in, in a senior sense, would I compare him to? Probably Ben Chilwell is the most similar in terms of a modern sort of athletic fullback that 
Marades up and down both sides. He's quite a quiet guy. He's very unassuming, very modest. He's someone who, you know, if you pay him a big compliment and tell him how well he played and that sort of thing, he'll kind of, you know, feel a bit uncomfortable, sort of, you know, shift a little bit. But yeah, I, I think he, he's very dedicated as well. You know, he's someone he appreciates the sacrifices that have to be made to if, if he does want to make it a kind of elite level and he's very coachable and that's something that you hear a lot about in Tottenham youth circles players who are coachable and you look at someone like Harry Winks Harry Kane uh, Ollie Skip who's currently on loan at Norwich these are all guys who they're very good at taking on advice and learning and adapting and, and that's something that, that he has as well and that's really impressed his coaches at Tottenham. Sirkin has been on the fringes of the Tottenham first team this season and last but has been impressive in their youth teams for some time and proved it by marking another of the world's great young talents in an early outing. I first saw him in an under-16 showcase game against Ipswich uh, that was back in 2018 and we won that game 6-1. Uh, he was the man of the match that day and was presented with a trophy at the pitch at uh, Portman Road. Um, and straight away then you could see that he was sort of a level above the, the players he was playing with on the day and really sort of stood out in terms of how dominant he was from, from that left side and sort of controlling the game from uh, left back. He um, also had a really good game as Spurs uh, under-19s won in the Youth Champions League in Barcelona. I mean, it's, it's not common that you uh, go over to Barcelona and watch two games that day like I did and see your team leave undefeated. Uh, we were excellent and well won 2-0 on the, the game and he was up against uh, Anzu Fati and did exceptionally well. Sirkin's name has been familiar to regular Spurs watchers for a while, but it was still a surprise when Mourinho singled him out for praise in one of his first press conferences. It was certainly one that made the, you know, the hardcore Spurs writers sit up and take notice, you know, the, the kind of writers who, who've known about Sirkin for a while. It was a pretty striking thing for Mourinho to say. I think the question was about, you know, left backs of the club and he, you know, he referenced Sirkin as, as, as one of those, you know, one, one of his options. It was definitely something, I think, you know, caught Sirkin by surprise. You know, I talked earlier about how he, you know, he's very modest. So I think to be <laughs> being talked about, you know, by Jose Mourinho in this way was was a pretty big shock for him. And then uh, Sirkin signed uh, his pro contract, I think it was the day after. So it was a kind of crazy couple of days for him. And it's just a really nice, reassuring thing for him to know that, you know, the manager's aware of him and, um, and likes the look of him from what he's seen. The elevation into the first team for a player like Sirkin would be a significant win for the Spurs Academy, which saw a big overhaul this year. They've also brought in Chris Powell. Jack Pitbrook. Tottenham and England writer for The Athletic. The former England international and Charlton Athletic manager, along with other clubs. It's been a big thing for Spurs to adjust to, but I think there will still be a lot of emphasis, as there was in McDermott's day, on you know individual individual quality amongst the young players, coach trying to improve them one-on-one, making them the best players they can be, being quite disciplinarian, which was also part of the McDermott way and trying to prepare the players as far as possible for promotion into adult football. Another part of the revamp was the return of Ryan Mason to Tottenham to work with the young players. An academy graduate himself, having joined the Spurs youth setup aged eight, Mason established himself in the first team before being sold to Hull City in 2016 
but had to retire the following year after a serious head injury. He is, in fact, for a coach, a very recent example of a player who made this that transition from being in the Tottenham Academy all the way up into being in the Tottenham first team. You know, he was playing first team football for Tottenham only, I think, five, four or five years ago. So he, Mason, I think, would be the perfect example. And he's clearly very, very popular and highly rated with lots and lots of people at Spurs. And I think in this kind of institution, it really helps to have someone like that who has been on the other side of, of that progression. His job now is sort of technical coordinator at the, at the club, as well as a overall coaching role, so a link between Dean Rastrich and those coaches that, that are on the, on the pitch, uh, Matty Taylor. So he's sort of doing a, a bit of everything at the moment, uh, Ryan Mason, but I mean, the beauty with him is that he's been there, done it, gone through the system at Hotspur Way, so the players can really relate to him. Um, and, he, and he's someone, you know, that's from the local area as well. He's, he's born in Enfield. So again, the training grounds in Enfield, is, it's all very localised. That makes it seem like a, a real logical pathway for players coming through. There's someone there that's physically done it, gone on, played for England, played for Tottenham. Uh, and he'll have very sort of relatable interpersonal skills that the players can uh, gain and, and learn a lot from. While the primary aim of Tottenham's academy, like most clubs, is to produce talent for their first team, its other purpose is likely to become more and more important. Chairman Daniel Levy has spoken about the financial strains that the COVID-19 crisis has placed upon the club, so any source of revenue will be extremely valuable in the future. And by producing players that can be sold, the academy could become one of those sources of revenue. I'm sure that eventually the Spurs academy will start to bring in more money as players who are developed there are sold on to other clubs and you know there are plenty of examples especially at Manchester United, Chelsea, Manchester City where they produce lots of very good young players who are not going to play for the first team who are sold on and the club generates quite a lot of money that way. Tottenham haven't really done that yet. I know that Mason was sold and he's probably the best example but then of other players to come through the academy and move on. You know, Josh Onema, fantastic player, but was he was part of the Ryan Sessegnon deal in 2019 rather than being sold for a big fee himself. Marcus Edwards went to Vitoria Guimaraes in the Portuguese league for not very much money at all. I don't think that Spur, the Spurs Academy is that kind of Chelsea-style industrial talent factory. That's not to say that it doesn't produce a lot of good players, but I don't think it's, it's quite as... Uh, prodigious at churning out player after player after player to be sold on around Europe, which is what Chelsea is so good at doing. And uh, I don't think Spurs have managed to replicate that. I'm not sure they're even trying to. The change in personnel at the academy and perhaps an increased focus on revenue might not be the only thing that will change for young players at Tottenham. Under Mauricio Pochettino, it was generally bad news for a player if they were sent out on loan because it was a sign they weren't particularly highly rated. Charlie Eccleshare. Pochettino really, if he could help it at all, wanted to keep hold of players because he thought they'd benefit more from training with him and his staff and really understanding uh, what they wanted rather than going out on loan. That has changed a little bit. Now, certainly in Skip's case, you know, Mourinho would have been happy for him to stay this season uh, and get some minutes, but he, he got the fact that Skip just really wanted to play regularly. And so it all made sense. So it, it, it is different. There has been a shift. So if Dennis Serkin is sent out on loan, 
that's no longer a bad sign for his prospects at Spurs. The idea was that they wanted to hold on to him, certainly for the first half of the season. Maybe they'll look to do something in the second half, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. And then it might be that next season, they're thinking about a loan move potentially. That would be that would be when he's the age that uh, Skip was at the start of this season. I think a loan for Sirkin would probably make the most sense now because he... He's got um, Sergio Reguilon and Ben Davis ahead of him as first-team left-backs. And realistically, your third choice, your teenage third-choice left-back isn't going to play too many games. I know Ryan Sessegnon is currently out on loan in Germany, and Sessegnon would be ahead of Sirkin in the pecking order, but I don't know how much point there is in Sirkin sticking around at Spurs. I think his debut will come sooner rather than later, but... uh... If the club decide following the signing of uh, Reguilon, who's been exceptional and well done to the recruitment team for that, uh, and having Ben Davis also on the books and Sessegnon now playing as a left-back or left-wing-back for Hoffenheim on loan, if they think options are going to be limited for him, he is only 18, uh, a loan out in January could be a sensible option for him. And against all the odds, Mourinho's arrival might actually herald a more welcoming environment for youth products like Sirkin. John Wenham. Certainly at Tottenham, I've been more than impressed with his handling of the youth. I would say he's actually done more for the youth at Tottenham in one year than Pochettino probably did in his last three years at the club. We had Carl Walker-Peters, whose career stagnated terribly, uh, Josh Onoma before him, and we've lost a couple of other really exciting youth prospects who are now doing well with our clubs, like Nordi Maduki, who's at PSV and in their first team, and Omari Forson, who's at Manchester United. So if you're not giving people an opportunity to at least play football, I mean, uh, as well as train with the first team, then you are going to stagnate their development. But I look at the examples of allowing Oliver Skip to go out on loan and play, and he's now playing every week for Norwich and doing very, very well. You look at the likes of confidence. He's given a debut to Malachi Walcott in the Champions League away to Leipzig. He's involved uh, Harvey White, Dennis Serkin. He's convinced players that, that they're going to get a chance at Tottenham. That approach would also be good news for the players that perhaps aren't so highly rated at a very young age, the late developers. With Tottenham, they have this... in. Spurs Youth Academy circles, they have this thing called silver medalists, uh, which is what John McDermott used to talk about. And you always used to say, don't forget about the silver medalists. And and what he meant was that, you know, coming through the age ranges, often all the focus would be on the gold medalists, you know, the, the best players. We've had people at Tottenham like Marcus Edwards who were so, so hyped. But then actually it's the silver medalists who were able to get on with things a little bit more quietly without all the hype surrounding them. And then they've gone on to have great careers. And, and Harry Kane is the gold standard to continue this uh, analogy um, for that because he wasn't someone who was hugely well thought of coming through there were other players at the time who were you know had much bigger reputations Tanganga's another one a, a bit of a late developer and, and Sirkin when he was coming through there were other youngsters around him who there was more hype around and he was able to just get on with it a little bit. And I think I think that really helped him. So it, it does feel like potentially he could be another one of those silver medalists, late developers. So how far can Dennis Serkin go? Charlie Eccleshare is cautious. I know this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but when thinking of how far someone like Serkin or any young player can go, there are so many variables, clearly. I, what I would say is he does have a lot of really good qualities. And when you think of things like how dedicated he is, how focused he is, how coachable he is, all of those things make you think that he'll have a good career somewhere. So, you know, it's set up for him. Then there are things, you know, he's had injuries as well. So that's another big variable that so often decides the extent to which players, you know, are at Premier League or, or have to set their sights a bit lower. 
But if he can stay fit and he, you know, continues on the sort of trajectory he's on, then um, then I definitely think he's got a really promising career ahead. But John Wenham is more bullish. I've never seen him have a sort of uh, a disappointing game. He's always been the first choice for England at youth level, and you only have to look at how successful those England youth teams have been over the last couple of years to see the sort of level he would be at to be the first choice. Uh, Tottenham are very blessed, actually. They have uh, another England youth left back in Jordan Hackett in the age group below him, who's now playing for the England under-16s and 17s in a hugely talented group. Um, but back onto Sirkin, and yeah, I think he can go all the way to the top. I'm, I'm talking full England international uh, and Premier League player for Tottenham. I think he's that good. He... Um, just needs the opportunity to play because I think longer term he could easily replace Ben Davis in the squad. I think Ben Davis is, is fairly average, if, if I'm being frank, uh, whereas Regulon is an exceptional left back, but Regulon cannot play every week. Obviously, he, he's Spain's first choice left back as well now. So, so there'll, there'll be times when we need to mix up the squad and we're involved in four competitions and trying to win four competitions. There'll be more than enough game time for Dennis Serkin. So I, I think he can go all the way to the top and I'd, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. Join us next time by listening on the Athletic app or by subscribing to The Next Big Thing on your favourite podcast provider. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, sign up now by going to theathletic.com forward slash next big thing. Thanks for listening. Charlie Eccleshare and Jack Pitt-Brook cover Tottenham for The Athletic and appear on the View from the Lane podcast. John Wenham runs the Lily White Rose website and podcast. The Next Big Thing was produced for The Athletic by Abby Patterson. The writers were Nick Miller and Ian McIntosh. The executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh, and despite literally spending months of my life playing football manager, I'm still terrible at it. That's why I'm launching The Football Manager Show, the latest podcast from The Athletic. Every week, I'll speak to the people who know the game best, the people who make the game. We'll take a proper look at things like training, recruitment and tactics. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll do everything we can to keep you eager to play just one more game and altogether less inclined to quit without saving. The era of Cherno and Tonton and dear sweet Michael Duff is over. The new football manager is bigger, better, more challenging than ever. And I need some help. If you do too, you can subscribe now. Just look for the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, wherever you get all your other podcasts. It starts in November, and knowing my track record, I'll be unemployed by December. <laughs>